0: Be so
1: and welcome to Sometimes dead is Better. And it's me, Kristen.
0: And me, Chris.
1: And we're doing a weird little mini episode, I guess. It's not that I don't know what weird. else to call it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it was just something that I think that was so important. We needed to get our thoughts down and then and talk to each other about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know it was something that you were certainly very excited about. You kept. Uh, tweeting and texting me about it <laughs> um, so I couldn't help but uh, start watching and we're talking about the haunting of Bly Manor mm-hmm. the second uh, installment I guess of the uh, haunting series is it really a series uh,
1: yeah yeah it's I guess it's like a mini series it's like similar to the American horror story
0: right so I guess we should establish that you know one, after we get through our initial bullshit uh, that we are we've watched all nine episodes and most of this episode will be, you know, general thoughts, general impressions, but certainly, you know, all manner of spoilers too. So so
1: many spoilers. So yeah, this is something that like if you've binged the whole series like we did in a week and you just want to listen to some other people kind of talk about what happened, questions they had and see if you get any answers or maybe you get more questions from us talking about it. I'm not sure. Okay, so before we get into t- all that, we have a accidental what we've been drinking
0: yeah we didn't really plan it but um tonight as Kristen was texting me uh saying literally do we want to record (laughs) (laughs) um someone rang my doorbell and left me um some wine and some snacks because it's halloween in my neighborhood and the united states and in my neighborhood people uh it's like they trick or treat you almost but it's before that and they leave you stuff instead of take stuff
1: and they call um, it a they booze you.
0: Yeah, I guess if you're a kid, you, it's called you get booed, and if you're an adult, it's you get boozed um, because you mm-hmm. get you know, booze. So I got some wine. So I guess I got some. I got wine. Right. <laughs> so this wine it has nothing to do with a movie, unless you know maybe some of your listeners can figure it out. But it's a Crestwood Barrel Riesling out of Columbia Valley, Washington. And uh, if if one of my neighbors is listening to this, thank you for the <laughs> the treat. <laughs> Okay. Uh, but what what have you been drinking?
1: Well, I happened to have some wine, and I wasn't planning on opening it tonight, but my, my mom came over, and I opened it up for her, and then it just happened to be so perfect. It's called Ghost Pines. Ooh. The font looks a little Victorian, you know, and it's a little spooky. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon from the <laughs> Napa Valley area, and so it was just perfect, and I was like, you know, I'm going to drink it right out of the bottle in front of a bonfire, just like... residents of Bly Manor did
0: yeah I I know COVID is just way in my mind but when they're sharing when they're sharing the bottle I I remember thinking guys come on and say let's be safe in the haunted house (laughs) (laughs) I also just thought they're gonna have huge headaches in the morning because I'm I was thinking that (laughs) same thing too
1: I know but was Hannah actually drinking it because we never see her drink or eat anything so
0: (laughs) see they think it looked over and it's just like pouring through her
1: I think she was just pretending. What's going on
0: with Hannah? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. So you think she never actually took a sip of it? Is that what you're saying?
1: I think she was just pretending.
0: Well, I'm not sure how much. I mean, it seems like she didn't always necessarily know that she was a ghost. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I know, again, this is a mini episode, but what well, doesn't have to be. But it, we, I think we did want to do our usual what have we been watching.
1: Yes, just because we had something that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. That we kind of talked about at the end of our last Part two episode that right. you kind of brought up, and I couldn't even talk about it at the time. No, you couldn't. But so you finally watched the documentary on Netflix called An American Murder. Is that what it's called? An American Murder?
0: I mean, I feel like there must already be a 10 different things called that. So how could they do that? But that appears to be the title.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so, as I had said, I really followed this case closely, like 2018, right? Yeah. It wasn't it was, that long ago. Right. I, you know, read all the news articles and saw everything that was happening as it was happening. And so I knew the whole story. I saw you and outside I- the house
0: with a camera, but <laughs> I halfway through it. What's, what's that civic with Georgia plates? That's weird.
1: <laughs> I tapped his phone.
0: <laughs> I saw you on the telephone pole with a mustache and like climbing the ladder. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, a,
1: I'm, a, I'm a fixing the cable. <laughs> but there's just something that's just so like, I mean, it's it's fascinating, but also it's it's so horrifying that I couldn't help but want to know everything about it. I think it was because it was so terrifying. Like, I thought if I knew, could know all the details and know about it, it would make it less scary. I don't worry about Brian snapping, but the scariest thing that could happen, like, you know, your family member, the person that you love. What were your thoughts on it?
0: And the guy did seem, I know this is always the case, I suppose, but he seemed sort of extra normal. Like, I guess most people you think, okay, they were quiet and normal, but admittedly weird. He didn't mm-hmm. even seem particularly weird he just seemed like a guy like a just no just a i mean a guy guy a jerk i don't know i, I know part of the point of the show or movie i suppose is that you don't really know i mean you know why he did it. i'm using scare quotes here because he i guess wanted to have a new life but that's did you, a, say,
1: did you say scare quotes
0: a lot of lawyers say that and i don't uh so i've sort of adopted it instead of air quotes why i think scare quotes is meant to to emphasize something okay but I, I I mentally regret it because even someone else said that today. I'm like, I don't know why people use that word. But now here I am.
1: I like it. It's spooky.
0: Yeah, I don't. But it's weird. I don't know why people say that. Because I think okay. it means the same thing as air quotes. All right. But yeah, so that was, you know, that bugged me. That he didn't seem like you could pinpoint any particular psychosis or I'm not sure what the right, right word is. Right,
1: right. You could just tell like by when they showed their texts and she would be trying to... You know, be like, look, I really want to talk about these things, and every time he just responds, "You're right. You're completely right." Like there, he just like was so compliant that it was creepy. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that was creepy. Um, I guess what's creepy to me though is that you know, okay, it's one thing to think that there's just true sociopaths out there, and I suppose he may be one, but I don't quite. He's not really that way, or psychopaths, or you know, whatever. And you just these sort of unknowable sort of evil guys that. Or girls, but let's be honest. <laughs> yes. So, but this is different because it does seem like, oh, well, maybe you can just sort of snap. And then you have that fear, too, you know? Most women that are killed are killed by their boyfriends or husbands or whatever. That, that's a statistic, so that makes sense. But the fact that he killed his kids, too, and in such yeah. a horrible manner. Uh, yeah. In such a cold manner.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't see how you get to that, okay, so whatever he d- happened with him and his wife then how does your mind think, well, the next logical thing is to get rid of the kids? I mean, I just, I don't see how that works. Right. Or how that's possible.
0: And I will say, I did, I mean, at first I thought I was a little uncomfortable with um, the sort of concept of it. You know, the sort of, you know, you're looking at everything from video camera footage. Well, that's obvious. Okay, you know, door cam footage or home surveillance or body cam footage or cell phone tags and all the sort of Mm -hmm. social media aspect of it but then i thought you know well by by watching this type of thing anyway you're already being fairly voyeuristic so why not just go all in so i kind of appreciate it by the end there's no real music there's no commentary there's no narration yeah i mean ultimately i thought it was a really compelling way to present all that because i mean obviously there is narration or commentary in the fact that the way it's put together in in and of itself is, you know, a narrative choice and it's, you know, you can't ever be completely impartial when you're literally creating the project. But that said, I appreciate that there's no sort of heavy handed narration or um, mm-hmm. you're basically left to think about it on your own. And I mean, the information is there.
1: I've heard some complaints that people thought that they were showing Shanann like in a bad light or making her seem like she was the bitch. But I think they really showed her as a whole person. Yeah, I mean, I think she was a lot like, you know, if you were, like, married to her or if, or if you were her friend, I mean, she's she seemed like a very strong personality to me. And I'm glad that they showed her the way she is. But I don't think that they showed her negatively. I think that she deserved better and she was trying to do better with uh, with this person who wouldn't meet her even halfway. And I, I thought that, that came that came across to me anyway. It seems like she was in a bad situation. She was trying to reconcile things the best she could but there was nobody to i don't know i think in a relationship you need to be able to even each other out and it seems like she was doing everything doing all the heavy lifting and he was just kind of like blah and so it made her seem like she was more dominant and
0: i even heard around the time it happened i mean which again it was only a couple years ago but before all this anyway, the footage that people even then were Almost blaming her for everything that happened, like being the nag or being a bitch or you know that type of thing. That Which,
1: that is just the the worst thing. But they let uh, Christopher Watts tell the story, you know, and he's the they played his confession to let you know what happened.
0: Yeah, as bad as that guy was when he was in the interrogation room, and those officers meet with them and they started talking to him, I was like, "Call your goddamn attorney! What are you doing?" I was getting so frustrated because.
1: Well, because he had that air of authority that he just thought he's, that he's not. That Yeah. Golly, yeah. It's just crazy. And he just thought he could get away with it.
0: I mean, that really bugged me as a, a lawyer. He's bad. He's-
1: it was it was tough. So, The Haunting of Bly Manor.
0: Yes. So, as the fans of the podcast probably know, uh, you're a huge fan of Season 1, uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Yes. Which you've seen how many times? Three. Three times. Okay, that's ten hours' materials. That's thirty hours of <laughs> of Hill House that you have lost.
1: <laughs> Did I lose it? Well, that's what I
0: mean. That you're a big fan. Is this my point? Yes. I've seen it exactly once, but I think I need to watch it again.
1: Yeah, that would be fun. We should probably do a recap of that too. Like maybe after we watch it, I loved it so much.
0: So with that. Uh, fandom in mind. So what were your, I guess, expectations going into the new one? And then what did you ultimately think about it broadly in terms of comparing to season one?
1: Oh, my goodness. If we're comparing... um,
0: Or you don't have to, but...
1: Well, I loved all the feeling that um, Mike Flanagan can put into something. I mean, there was so much depth to all those characters in the first season. I mean, it helped that they were all siblings, I think, and they were a family. And so that automatically you can relate to that. Everything was so beautiful, you know, but it was still creepy. Probably that's why, you know, why I love H- Hannibal so much. You know, it's it's so beautiful, too. It's, it's so great to look at. It makes it so much more interesting. I thought that the second season was the look and the feel of it felt the same to me. I thought it was a lot different in the storytelling. Okay, so we'll talk about what people have been saying. They, they don't like it as much as Hill House. It's not as scary as Hill House. It's not as good. But I don't think that at all. I feel very strongly about these shows, so maybe I, you know, maybe it's a bit too much. But I think I texted one of my friends and I said, "I think it's so good that if I think about it too much, I start to cry." That was that was my review. <laughs> so
0: that's a good review. <laughs> For some reason, I was expecting a different reaction, um, but I'm 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 thrilled. Uh, because yeah, I, I absolutely loved it too. Um, and I think, you know, and this where maybe we I'd lose you, but I think this one was better than season one.
1: Well, I am still, like, I am ready for a rewatch of it. Cause I think I, I read one recap where they said, it was really beautifully written. And they said that the end, if you think that once you get to the end of nine, you're done, you're not, because you need to restart the whole show. And he said that he restarted it immediately and he said it was like learning another language. Hmm. And then once you rewatch it, everything kind of falls into place. And I started crying again. Like this, (laughs) I just- Just thinking (laughs) about it. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of questions still. I have a lot of thoughts. I still don't understand some things, so maybe we can you know talk about those kind of things. But I also want to talk about what we really liked. What was our favorite parts?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll just say that. I mean, I love season one, so it's not like you know a sliding season one that this is better and it may not be, but um, it's definitely coming from someone that was you know an English major that essentially majored in like a Victorian erotica <laughs> <laughs> Or may as well have, uh, with a minor in gothic Victorian erotica. This was like, absolutely my jam. I mean, like we should, I mean, you know, the, the crimson peak of it, the Bram Stoker's Dracula, right, of it, all right, that. Right. I mean, just like, give me more. Like, um, so they could have had all that. They could have had an entire scene set in that golf ass kitchen <laughs> with, uh, just creepy kids sitting around and I'd be probably pretty happy. But the fact that they had that, what I thought was a really compelling, um, story and then that was actually touching and that you know the the last episode had me like you know i don't even i wasn't crying because you know i'm not gonna you know i'm a man but i feeling (laughs) some emotion you know i I felt like i definitely teared up beautifully shot strongly acted et's best friend is up in there i mean it's just what more can you want i mean as i sit here and think about it, i realize there's four discreet love stories you know they're kind of all that's kind of the story within you know of the show is you know the are these love right. stories, right? Well, yeah, and,
1: I think that's what Mike Flanagan said. Like he's the whole ending. It's not a ghost story; it's a love story, right? Yeah. And, and what's the difference, really?
0: But I guess what I was thinking is when you talk about your favorite characters, it's hard for me to do that without thinking about them as almost the love like stories, couples. yeah? Because like, you talk about Hannah, so the other shoe is obviously you know, the cook, which his name is Owen. Owen, right?
1: Right, and then so we have Miss Jessel and Peter Quint.
0: Yeah, and then of course. Um,
1: Danny and Jamie and oh yeah and then we have a love triangle I
0: well, guess yeah with, yeah why well, just see it as as Henry and the mother because I, I, the father's kind of out of it right
1: yeah I think he just maybe feels like that's his wife that's his property he doesn't feel like there's a lot of love there
0: right at least four love stories and then if you count the love story from the 1700s although that's really more of a cautionary tale I suppose
1: Okay, well, let's talk about the the inspiration. So he he wanted to pull from the Turning of the Screw,
0: right? Which I've never read, so I feel well,
1: I haven't either. And I think that when I think Mike Flanagan mentioned it was going to be based on the Turning of the Screw by Henry James, and so I think I made a point not to read it because as soon as Hill House was over, I read The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson, which is great. It's not a very long story, right?
0: Yeah, it's like a novella, but I believe he's also incorporated other short stories that Henry James wrote. Right, right. Because I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think every chapter title is actually the title of a Henry James short story, or some Henry James phrase. Hmm.
1: The main story seems to be the turning of the screw because the same characters' names. Right, right. But there there have been a lot of movies based on the turning of the screw. Yeah, there's
0: one this year with uh, one of the kid with um, Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. Yeah called The Turning.
1: People hated that. Well, I thought
0: it was maybe one because of COVID.
1: No, I think that people hated it. Oh, like yeah. it. They said it was terrible. <laughs> I was trying to give him a break, Chris. <laughs> well, the other one is The Innocence, which is based on...
0: That's an older one, right?
1: Yeah, that's, that's like from the 60s, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, I think I read that one. It's actually pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think it is supposed to be. I think it's based on... It was a play, and then Truman Capote wrote it for the screen.
0: Well, I, I definitely need to read some Henry James, but I, I mean, I think obviously, you know, like the Shirley Jackson story, Mike Flanken is sort of taking it around with it. I mean, I don't think he feels any particular need to be as faithful as he does as saying the Stephen King books say does, which are oh, fairly yeah. fairly yeah. faithful.
1: So, where should we start? Should we start with Oliver Jackson Cohen's Scottish accent, which almost made me fall <laughs> out of my seat? Oh my gosh! Yeah,
0: it's it's a good brogue. Is he actually Scottish or is he?
1: He's English.
0: Okay, so that, so I'm just imagining the the writers group and they. Do you think the conversation just conversation was just like how can we make him hotter? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think it also makes him more of an outsider. Yeah. you know clearly he's not from London. He wasn't raised here. I don't care. I love it. I don't know. It's, as it's,
0: soon as I okay, as soon as you showed up, I thought, uh, need to be dirtier. But,
1: <laughs> <laughs> put a needle in your arm. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but then when he spoke, I'm like, okay, the things have balanced out. These. <laughs> They've got the great level of hotness. Um but you know, his character, at least for the first half of the show, when he seemed to be, and maybe he always was, but definitely a bit of a, a scoundrel, less hot. I don't know.
1: Yeah, he was a bad guy. I mean, even like you want to feel for his relationship with Miss Jessel, but it's it's all manipulative. Yeah, and he's a
0: toxic male. Yes. So his his hotness went down as a series progressed, although I love that actor, he's great.
1: And I and I think some people may have thought like, oh, then they gave him a backstory and he was abused by his dad. And they're trying to make say that, you know, maybe that's why he is the way he is. But I don't think they are because that's his particular story. And whatever happened to him as a kid does not um, make it OK for how he is now. And yeah. the Jamie, who is the gardener, had the same backstory or, or not the same backstory, but she had a very troubled childhood. She she talks about it during that great moonflower monologue. And you even see scars on her back. And I think it just goes to show that even like with the serial killers we talk about, you know, some people go through the same things that these serial killers do. It doesn't doesn't explain why they do what they do or make what they do okay just because they were abused as children. But different people choose different paths, and it doesn't have to be based on what happens to you as a kid.
0: Right. You know, it is interesting that when he is sort of revisiting his past, even as it goes, which it seems to be that they sort of fall into these memories that they can't quite get out of or they're trapped with.
1: Right, right.
0: But the memory he focuses on isn't the memory of him being abused by his dad. It's the memory of him confronting his mom about it and blaming the mom. The woman. Oh,
1: that was, yes.
0: So as, as I understand it, I had, had a little bit of trouble following that scene because there's like a million other things going on. <laughs> uh,
1: there is a lot. There is a lot. I mean, he does say, I mean, I mean his, his mom pretty much tells him, why. where else do you think he would go but hell? You know, reiterating Boy's been told his whole life that he's probably a bad kid. I mean, his his reasoning was that he said that because if if he relived the moments that actually happened when he was a kid, like what his dad was doing to him, he wouldn't have understood it. But because he's remembering it as an adult, then he understands. But you're right, he is still blaming the mom. And the mom let it happen, but he she didn't do it. It was the dad. They're both terrible. But it is interesting that he is blaming the mom, which maybe goes into his relationships with women and how he views women. Yeah, I mean, he definitely
0: had some remorse. But then even then, you see what he does with... Rebecca. With with Rebecca, even as ghosts. So he's still...
1: He calls her Bix.
0: But the fact that he's still treating you know, his significant other, why they're dead and still completely taking advantage of her, and, of course, he actually kills her, that's bad. I mean, he's
1: a villain. He's a villain. That's bad.
0: So there's only so much, you know... Remorse, I suppose he's capable of, but but at the same time, he just wanted to be with her, or did he, I guess he wanted to possess her? I guess it's different.
1: But then, whenever he finally disappears, he's he apologizes to Miles, which I mean, he I guess everyone is own apology from Peter Quint, but
0: yeah, well, that's also abuse. I mean, that's you know, he's um, I and mean, that's a form of molestation, in a way to you know possess this young kid, you know, take over yeah. his body in season one one of the famous things was that there were you know all these hidden ghosts right and so when i started the first episode of this i was like okay i'm on it i was looking I was, looking I was <laughs> looking at every corner i saw your I saw your tweet or text about how you already seen like six ghosts in the first five minutes and by no, how- i
1: saw my first ghost in six minutes into it That's oh okay
0: I, I misread it uh, but then like half of the episode, I'm almost in tears because I just can't find any ghosts. I'm just bad at it. But last night after the whole show's over, I thought, okay, well, I guess I just didn't do that this time. I guess all the ghosts are just out in the open. They're the characters. And I thought, how clever. I was wrong. I went online last night and there were just ghosts everywhere.
1: I know, but they seemed like they were too hidden.
0: Maybe so, yeah. Because To either- me, I mean,
1: I just couldn't see them.
0: Yeah, so in the first episode, and these are just all the spoilers we'll give away as far as that goes, but there's the character you meet in episode nine or so, the doctor with the funny mask on, which is very creepy. Yeah, I remember that. The, that was pretty obvious, The plain though. doctor. It,
1: it turns to look at her. Well, yeah,
0: I saw that one, but okay. I, I will consider that a hidden one, because that's like right there in front of the camera. Right. But he apparently is hidden throughout the entire oh. first episode, the in the chimney, in the garden, and, you know, and he's very distinguishable because he has that giant nose pointing out from his What's better than a
1: Plague Doctor outfit?
0: Those are the best. I got real excited when I saw that.
1: They're so scary. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: So for all you listeners that haven't watched or are going to watch it again, apparently, if you pay close attention to the first episode, at least, the Plague Doctor pops up just everywhere in the episode, and I still somehow missed it.
1: Well, I can't wait to rewatch it.
0: So I have seen some uh, online criticism that people think it's not as scary as the first season, and I think I know what they mean. There's certainly not as many, um, you know, jump scares that type of thing, for sure. Although the first episode, I remember, you know, before you rail that criticism, I was fairly freaked out the all, entire time just by the tone of it. Um, I think that was the only episode actually written and directed by Flanagan, too. Right, right. But the rest of the show when it kind of settled down. I will generally agree that it's not a nonstop scare fest you know it, I mean when it but is. I don't
1: think the first season was either I think people look back maybe because they didn't know what to expect and they watched it and I thought it was just the scariest thing ever but I don't think it was because there was lots of quiet moments oh, in really? the first season to me I mean and there was lots of times where it was you know backstory or didn't necessarily have and then there was like a big scare to me that's what it felt like and it felt similar in tone to me like they we would have like a maybe a long episode and then we get the great ending of, you know, the lady in the lake grabbing Peter Quint. And that's that's scary.
0: Right. Yeah. I think the true horror is just the this is a sound real pretentious, but the, the themes and ideas imbued in it. Like like uh, when I got to episode eight, um, you know, penultimate episode, mm-hmm. which was just a masterpiece, I thought the black and I white. I know the black just and white one. that
1: episode is enough.
0: I've never seen a show that really or a movie and I'll probably immediately be corrected but one that really dealt with the true horror of what it would be like to be a ghost you know mm. like you know that whole se- sequence where she woke she walked she oh, whatever she all did just the repetitive nature of that and then the fact that she sort of slowly loses her essence you know this being the sort of mother figure of the whole show the one that gets this whole ball and chain story yeah. uh, you know just the, the sheer horror of what it might be like to be uh, an undead or in in this place. you from the haunter's perspective, not in right. a not and not in like in a Beetlejuice way, because you know, <laughs> but in like a true like psychological way, like to the extent you could be conscious and know you're dead, which this character did. She knew she was dead at least at the beginning. There's this whole scene where she admits it to herself, mm-hmm. and then to live with that, so to speak, for decades for, for days then months then years and decades then centuries to the point where you
1: slowly fade away yeah even you know, oh my that's gosh why you're, and then and you're also literally fading away oh my gosh Yeah, and
0: you your true essence is no longer there but it's just some sort of kernel of yourself but it's i thought yeah that sounds about right and that's and it's that's all because of a a choice this character made you know not to out of pride like not to go not to leave yeah. you know which was uh so fantastic. Well, that reminded me a little bit of Bram Stoker's Dracula, where, you know, at the beginning, Dracula's curse is because he rejects God. You know, he. Right. Yeah. Um, I he, remember. Yes. Well, because he shows a giant sword that crosses him the like, loculus everywhere and yes. Gary Oldman screams at you. <laughs> yes.
1: And then he won an Oscar. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Completely normal movie. Um, but that's what that reminded me a little, a little bit. Of. So I love that choice. But yeah, so that's when, it, so when people say it's not scary. Okay. Well, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, a cat didn't jump on a piano and <laughs> um although this show would be past that but i think that's what's truly really scary about it is because it makes me think about shit like that
1: yes well also just the idea that viola everything was disappearing but all that was left really was she saw the love for her daughter she could kind of remember that and anger yeah anger it, for her sister for killing her anger for for fading away, and that's all that was left. The
0: sequence where she, you know, she wakes, she walks, and she goes into the bedroom. She makes
1: a grilled cheese.
0: <laughs> when she goes to, the, to her bedroom, like, and it's like, you know, a century later or something, and she just sees the the kid, mm-hmm. and, and she just thinks vaguely that it's her own kid, and she takes it and drowns him. And that right. becomes the kid with the, the weird face, the mask, you know, that.
1: Right. Who the little girl thought this will look better on you and makes him ten times scarier. Right.
0: It's just that whole sequence and how it cuts to him like cowering a corner, you know, however many centuries later for himself, his, his existence or essence faded as well. That was in the fact that they compressed that in like in a minute. That's what's scary about it. Like they had to deal with those ideas. I'll remember that long after whatever jump scare was in. The Ring Part 2 or whatever, which I'm not knocking. But I guess I agree with you that it's just a different type of scary show. Okay,
1: you know what's really interesting is that I happened to, before I started Bly Manor, I watched a couple episodes of Monsterland, which is a Hulu series. And there's, I think, nine or 10 episodes. They're all different. Different stories, different actors, different writers, but they're all like horror themed, right? So there's one episode that I watched called Plainfield, Illinois, and it stars... Taylor Schilling, you know from *Orange Is the New Black*, and Roberta Colindrez, who I I remembered her. She's a really cool actress, but she, I remember her from *Girls*. But she was really good. But anyway, but this was so similar to the ending of *Bly Manor*. It's a very similar story of the love story between Jamie and Danny. Is a love story between these two characters, and not just because they happen to both be. Uh, lesbian characters but that just is a coincidence but it's the idea of one of your like your partner drifting away from you and you can't help both of them seem to be as an allegory for depression the definitely in this Monsterland episode it's depression but it moves into the surreal you just you have to watch it i don't want to ruin anything for you but
0: sounds good yeah I lo- yeah, I love the unreliable narration aspect of it, and that you don't quite know what the real story is. I definitely had a lot of questions about the last sort of scene. You know, what are we to make of the fact that she sees the whole cast of characters there? I kind of just take it as, oh, that's them. And some, some of them remember and some of them don't, like an it. Um,
1: yes, but I wish it was left a little more open because in the credits, you see that it says, like, so-and-so is playing older Owen, and so-and-so is playing older Miles. So you, I think it's literally supposed to be those, oh, those people. See. But I liked, I would have liked it better if it, not not better, but I would have liked to, I guess, have the option of thinking, maybe these aren't even, maybe she doesn't even know these people. <laughs> but she's imagining that there are these people that she knew Well, one I mean, older
0: Owen gave her enough cagey looks When she's telling the story that I knew something was up.
1: (laughs) I was wondering, like, how many times have they been somewhere? And she's like, I have a ghost story. And he's like, oh, Jesus Christ, not again.
0: (laughs) You got to (laughs) stop.
1: But I guess I just. okay. so here's some of my questions, especially about the ending. I think they wrapped it up
0: very quickly, maybe a little too quickly. Well, I say the ending is like the last hour, though, in a way. I mean, like.
1: Yeah, that's true. But well, so we learned that Miles and Flora don't remember what happened at Bly Manor, which again, she's saying it's called Bly Manor. Things have been changed for, for sake the st- the purposes dinner of party the story. story. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> that, I mean, how long do you think she talked? I mean, like, do you think it was like nine oh, hours? No. I know.
1: That's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was wondering, where was that lady on my rehearsal dinner night? I would have loved that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I wish someone would have hired Brian just waiting in the
0: limo, you know? <laughs>
1: It's so, okay. Sure. The kids forget, but the kids were still in contact with Owen. They knew who Owen was. Wouldn't they still be in contact with Danny and Jamie? And wouldn't they still like have a family friendly relationship?
0: I, yeah, I was unclear on that. But it seemed like whenever they would talk about me, it was like, yeah, we kind of heard from them. And, you know, it'd been a while. And so I think they would be talking by letters, by phone, but not my impression was they weren't in too much contact because they were all traveling you know they were
1: I guess but the, so they remember Owen because they came and visited
0: right but I, I liked that I thought that was very bittersweet that you know they because it's also like you said it doesn't have to be the ghost story of it why they because the sad thing was they forgot those other characters period like how people just move on and while this experience with her Danny was this huge influence in her life when she was in her early 20s for these 6 year olds <laughs> It's just like a blip of their life and they've kind of moved on. They're like, Oh yeah, Danny, wouldn't she like the caretaker? Yeah, I, I,
1: I guess that's a good point. Yeah, because my parents are visiting here and sometimes my mom will be like, You remember Miss Petrina, right? You know, she lived down the street and mm. it's like, No, I have no fucking clue who that is. Yeah. I don't say I don't say it mean to my mom like that, but <laughs> <He's elaborate>. I, <laughs> but I I guess I see your point. They're like, Oh yeah, I guess she kind of took care of us at one point yeah it's like, equally like I don't remember sad. any of my babysitters yeah okay yeah. but I mean I it's only five years later and Danny goes back to Bly Manor and drowns herself I mean wouldn't like Henry and Owen wouldn't they have like a memorial for her or
0: I didn't um, realize it'd only been five years but um,
1: well I was trying to figure out the map okay so there's a scene when Owen says Flora and Miles and Henry came to visit and they brought Flora's boyfriend Jamie goes but she's 12. And then Owen says, I thought I thought Owen said she's 17. Yeah,
0: she's 17. So that would be roughly 10 years later, nine years. That's ago.
1: what I was thinking, but all the reviews I kept reading were saying it's been five years because I think they were thinking that when Jamie said she's 12.
0: Yeah, I, I took it as she's really 17.
1: But I wasn't sure if I misheard and maybe she said, but she's 12. And my and Owen said, Miles is 17.
0: No, he, uh, he said if she was 12, I was be 14, so... So, it started 87, she died, like, in 97, and then the, the present time is 2007. Yes. Which is kind of weird. One thing that made me sad, is, it actually kind of made me happy, too, but when uh when Danny and Jamie are uh, talking about getting married, mm-hmm. and it's, like, 2007, no, it's not, it's because it's, like, it's the 90s, you know? Cause yeah, she, you the know, 90s. And just the fact that, like, they make this point, like, well, this can't really happen, it really struck me because it's only been we've had marriage equality for only five years now and it already feels like it's been but that it's like just an institutional thing that that we almost take for granted that sounds so bizarre for me to even say that but it's like yeah of course gay people get married I like to think that some younger Netflix viewers that are watching that and they see that scene they're like wait what they kind of get married why not and I know it, that would be great that uh, is just because it you know again it's only been five years but it already mm-hmm. feels like just a sea change in terms of how people think about that but I did like the um you know, the diversity of the, the show, too. You know, that, that oh, I thought they did a really good job with that.
1: It was wonderful.
0: You kind of established that you like Hannah a lot. Do you like just her story, or is it the actress, or what do you like about her?
1: I mean, the actress was wonderful.
0: I don't think I've seen her or anything else.
1: I hadn't either. She's she's an English actress, because it was hard to tell, you know, who's actually English, who's doing an accent. Because Carla is doing an accent. Henry Thomas is doing an <laughs> accent. Yeah,
0: certainly doing an accent. <laughs>
1: And then Carla Gugino is trying to do Jamie's Irish accent, and it's just not quite...
0: Once it was sort of revealed that Sir I really thought like, wait, is she Scottish? Too? <laughs> or is she and Irish? I, I forget. Um, I
1: think she's Irish. Okay. Because she gives her a little Celtic ring. Danny mm-hmm. does. Hannah, I just thought her story was so simple, but so powerful, you know? Like, she takes a lot of pride in this home, she went through all of this tragedy, too. You know, it's all focused on the kids. Of course, she's worried about the kids, but she had to go through her friend's deaths, you know? And she had to go through Rebecca's death, too, who she had become close with. She handles that all with such, you know, grace and she and then her husband leaves her that even when she's dead she doesn't ever seem, like, angry about it.
0: Well, that's what's interesting, though, is because for me, um, I, I think her story is, when she's dead, is that Unlike uh Peter, Peter who dies and he's like immediately up to something, like he has a plan. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, everyone else generally knows, you know, after a beat or two, okay, we're dead, I'm haunting you or I'm hiding, or I'm going crazy. She doesn't seem to know until she knows and it's revealed to her or the audience that okay, I'm dead. And right. she, she's but I is, think
1: that's why she's able to go on because yeah, she sticks she around wants is, is, and they yeah, see Yeah, she her. wants to take care of people. And like her kindness and her goodness Makes her able to, I guess, not become a, a complete ghost. She yeah. knows she knows something's up. She's not sleeping well because she's doing the dream hopping. And she's yeah, not eating like, or drinking.
0: And it reminds me a little bit of the, like those lost episodes with Desmond, where he's you know skipping yeah. through time or something. And so she seems to be going backwards and forwards through time, through dreams, through her memories, and it seems like other people's memories, which is a little confusing.
1: Yeah, I don't quite understand the. The science of dream hopping, but
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> it's very, very interesting. I'm getting tucked in, and and that was something that was really scary to me too. The idea of being a, I think little Flora, she was so good, right? Oh my goodness! Yeah. And the idea that she doesn't understand, I'm making me teary now. That she doesn't understand what's happening. She doesn't like it though. She keeps saying, "I don't like this game." You know, the idea that you're you're so little, and there's nobody there who can help you because your brother is also. Yeah, I mean,
0: your your metaphor earlier about abuse, I mean, it really does seem to... Maybe that's part of one of the themes.
1: Oh, and that is an episode of Hill House. If you remember, uh, Theo is a social worker. And there's that whole episode about a little girl being sexually abused and how it's hidden through a ghost. I don't know if you remember that episode, but... No,
0: I really need to watch that again. So the actress that plays Danny is also the same actress from Hill House...
1: Yes, she plays Nell. N- and Nell, Nell is
0: Nell is like who the show sort of built around the the, the yes. who dies first. And, okay, she I didn't really recognize her the blonde hair, but
1: oh really? Yeah, yeah, she's wonderful. She's also she was also in the second season of You. If you watched that,
0: no, I saw some of the first season. Um, but I loved her style. I loved her sort of her high waisted uh, you know pants. Oh my pants gosh, and,
1: that poor thing! Why did we wear stuff like that? It's so unflattering. I mean, she's still gorgeous, but yeah, my goodness, yeah, Victoria Pedretti and i thought she was great again and, and in hill house her and oliver jackson cohen who plays luke they're twins and they had such good chemistry in oh, hill right. house and so they both came back and then amelia eve was who plays jamie i hadn't seen her before either
0: she looks familiar to me but but so danny brings her own baggage to to blind manor you know she has the story about her um ex-fiance oh, right. who that
1: wasn't as interesting overall like after the whole like story is over yeah they I kind, of, I kind of forgot about that yeah. i love
0: the reveal though when you see i mean you know, first of all the first episode he kind of pops up here and there and it's always scary to me you know this guy with the glasses that are appear to be shining like moonbeams or something but then it's revealed that mm-hmm. that is her seeing the image of the headlights of the truck that moves them right. down just feet from her after she breaks her heart his heart because she's a big old lesbian. <laughs> I think it's in the script.
1: Then she's got bigger problems after I mean, honestly, after she lets a century old ghost into her soul.
0: Yeah, but I mean that's an interesting thing. So I guess because the only ghosts that are trapped at blind Mander are the ghosts that died there. So he that his her fiance truly never was there. That, that's just her Yeah. Her consciousness.
1: Yeah. yeah, I wonder if she already just had she was already open. To the idea of ghosts? Because I mean, it's not a literal ghost that's there haunting her, like you said. Well, but... oh, maybe.
0: I mean, I mean, it, I don't. It seems oh. like in the context of the show that it's probably not because it seems like the rules that are established are that it's only Blight Manor ghosts and it's only because of this one figure who's yeah, like it's... trapping them in her orbit of will or whatever the fuck they say. Right. <laughs> uh, there's rules and I appreciate it. Uh, and he sort of fits outside of that. So I think they kind of do What that. is your
1: jurisdiction here, <laughs> <Right>. you ghost? <laughs> yes well, and I love the cook Owen
0: yeah Owen's great Owen's um,
1: Raul Coley it's
0: great puns he's always cheerful he's effectively creepy in his sort of fake scenes with Anna fake meaning he's not really there you know Uh, oh yes the actor does such a good job he's so good the other scene where they're sitting inside drinking wine when the kids put on their play like Uh on the stairs Mm -hmm. I really want to watch that again because it seems to me that there's something else going on like maybe that's Maybe they're possessed in those moments because you're giving these awful adult performances.
1: Well, I think definitely Miles is. I think um, Flora is more like a little girl. I think she like a, some silly little poems about being a cat, you know? Oh, right. And then Miles just comes out of nowhere with being a puppet. <laughs> Someone says, we need more wine after that.
0: <laughs> I think I picked up pretty quickly, though, that Miles, if nothing else, was possessed by Peter. I didn't get the mechanics of it. I just knew that, okay, he's obviously somehow an adult, and they've kind of shown this Peter character, and that's about the extent of it.
1: Yeah, I knew that there was something, some reason why he, why he was acting like his adult ways. It wasn't until there was one episode in particular where they, they make it very clear he's smoking cigarettes and,
0: <laughs> right. you know,
1: yeah. but when he puts Danny's hair behind her ear, you know, like that oh, very yeah, adult right. thing, it's so creepy. You
0: know, there's also two centerpiece episodes, I would call them, which, is, which I think are the the episode with Hannah, where it's kind of revealed that she's a ghost and that she's sort of traveling backwards and forwards through time. We've already kind of talked about, so that's a standout episode. It's kind of distinct unto itself and, uh, I mean, it carries the storytelling forward.
1: You know, what a great way to tell a story, to show these flashbacks without just doing flashbacks, which they could have done, like, in Lost. They just just flashback and show you, but the fact that they can show you through this dream hopping but then also move the story forward not just backwards you're not just learning about what happened in the past because sometimes they merge sometimes it's they're realizing that they're in a dream and they talk to the other characters and then you kind of realize something else that had happened but then it still moves forward it's just like freddy krueger in the nightmare
0: well no but you compared it to uh, an episode of castle rock though when you text me, which, uh, you know, the episode was I yes. think the episode was Sissy Spacek where she's, ex- like, sort of experiencing her Alzheimer's or dementia Yes, and it's,
1: it's called The Queen. It's yeah. such a good episode. Just so, yeah. watch that. You can watch that episode alone. It's so good.
0: Yeah, so mm-hmm. that, yeah, I think, and you're absolutely right. The episode did remind me of that. So then I think the other, you know, sort of standalone, stand-alone episode, the next last one, you know, the the one where you go back to the very origin of why Blight House is haunted in the first place, or Bly Manor, Right. Which is oh my you know, gosh. an hour long, mostly black and white, sort of tone poem <laughs> of, of true gothic horror. Uh, well, then we
1: also get these new characters and these new, new actors. Completely new characters.
0: New actors.
1: So the woman who plays Viola, Viola is... Um,
0: Mike Flanagan's wife.
1: Yes. She played Theo in the first season. She's yeah. wonderful. She's also in his movie Hush. She's great in that too. And then the girl who plays Purita.
0: Yeah, Purina. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she was also in the haunting of phil house she played i don't know if you remember the ghost poppy she was like the 1920s flapper
0: there's thing. a 20s flapper oh my god i gotta watch that show again
1: yeah she was so intense and spooky she's so good it's just so interesting i love seeing like the layout of the house that we have already kind of come to know in the present day right or in the 87 in uh yeah 100 years ago and like oh my gosh go, yeah yes yeah, these like people walked these same rooms lived in these same houses which we need to talk about the house first of all not first of all we've been talking for two hours but <laughs> do you know that they made up a fake zillow
0: it came across my twitter stream yeah Yeah.
1: so you can go like look at pictures of it and they describe the house to you
0: you know they're getting this a little bit like a dalton abbey and stuff but yes the back in the day these manners part of what they did was they generated money and income so you would ha- it wouldn't be just the house and it, there'd be you know the people that support the house and, you know, the, it was like the whole economy unto itself, you know, including the people in the stables and the maids and the cooks and, you know, the village around it. And so it sort right. of served a certain function other than to prop up the people that live there. And that is so lost to how we live now um, that it's really hard. like when there's even a little bit uh, in the episode we're talking about where they're talking about like, how are we going to make money? You know, you've, and they're losing money in the manner. They're not talking about like, their equity. <laughs> they're talking about, the economy itself around it's completely foreign to us but the idea is like you know they were supposed to run this estate Mm. that's how they lived and they uh, i would love to learn more about that and how that really worked which kind of that whole idea kind of ended in the early 20th century in england but yeah so i love the house i mean as everyone knows i'm a house person on these shows but like, was that an actual location? I mean, obviously the outside was a real location, but do they shoot on location?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I, I did look up that it was this time, because last time for Hill House, they shot in Georgia. And for this episode, this season, they shot in Canada, I believe. Oh, yeah, I think so, they shoot
0: in, in Vancouver.
1: Well, I hope that in 20 years, I somehow just morph into looking like Carla Gugino. That was the only thing that kind of like, so how did Jamie change so much i understand it's a different actress playing her but she doesn't she she doesn't she doesn't seem that much older no she didn't i thought
0: they aged her almost too much
1: let's say she was 28 in 1987 okay so you're saying that she's like my age when danny dies and then like so she's like almost 50
0: yeah i thought she looked much older than almost 50 in 2007 or whatever i'm not saying she looked bad but you know the The striking gray hair and all that. Right. That that always presents to me as like, okay, you're in your 60s or whatever.
1: I mean, I know they're trying to throw us off, but also like Jamie has this great curly hair. Yeah. You know, it's like, let's just straighten her hair and make her look like Carla Gugino. Nobody will know that it's Jamie. Yeah. I don't know if that was really fair, but it's okay. bit
0: funny if they were just way obvious, but like, yeah, I'm an Irish lesbian (laughs) and I'm I'm here to tell you a story. (laughs) And you'll never figure it out. That said, I had no idea that she was supposed to be her until like maybe the very last, last minute when they were.
1: I I mean, I guess at some point I kind of started thinking she must be involved somehow because she made a point of saying it's not my story, which it really wasn't her story. I guess she was saying it was, it's Danny's story. It's Viola's story. But she was it's still her story. She was involved. Yeah. So when she kept saying that, I was like, yes, you were. You were saying like what's scarier than real ghosts losing someone you love yeah like that's scary grief is scarier
0: i'll say the last 15 minutes or so i mean i really did get emotional like when um jamie is talking about how she would stare in her bathtub just to hope to see yeah danny's reflection and she would just do that every night you know any scene like this whether it be the end of titanic or you know the end of lost or anything where you know people see like their old friends and like in the past you know, <laughs> yeah i immediately fall for it i, I just i, I know just love it so i much. do too so when they showed you know henry thomas and you know flora and they're dancing together young uh owen they all wave at each other and they're all happy like i immediately like okay i'm done like you know just what a great witness show best show ever
1: yeah i think when when rebecca jessel who also was wonderful was
0: she in the last scene too
1: no, she wasn't. But, no, because she's um, dead. You're
0: right. Yeah. She wouldn't be there.
1: Which I guess that would have made it more clear. Like, let's say she imagined, like, she was just crashing someone's wedding yeah. and trying to relive her past. And, and, and if, like, that would And you're
0: weird. Giselle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and your name's Peter Quint, and You're a bad guy. I'm going to tell
0: you a story. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That would have made it much more clear that she was imagining. But because she saw the people that are still alive, that makes sense. No, but I was saying like, so when Miss Jessel, and again, that actress was great too. Very sweet. I mean, I kind of bought that she kind of fell for Peter Quint, but it doesn't make me think any less of her. Like, She still seems like she's strong and smart, but that doesn't mean that someone like that can't get involved and like swept away by someone like him.
0: Yeah, I mean, let me be clear, like as bad as... (laughs) <laughs> everything everything I know about him now, if I knew it then, I would still fall for him. Like, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, Thank you. I'm just uh, that weak. But Yes. Uh, so I I take—I certainly don't uh, place any blame on her at all, except for the brief moments where I thought she was about to kill the little girl <laughs> as as, as, a, as right. a ghost.
1: Right. You thought that mm-hmm. she was going to actually take her body. Yeah, but it and then a, at it the end, ruse, it shows yeah. what kind of person she really is, right? She doesn't actually take Flora's body. And um, that was... A shocking scene i love that but the scene when she realizes that she is drowning when she kind of comes oh, to god so and she good. sees peter on the bottom of the lake and then they show her in her dream where the water is rising yeah that i lost it so good oh my gosh and then that makes sense later when you see viola where she thinks that her family is taking her with them and then she realizes oh, that they no. throw her into the lake <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs>
0: That's quite a detour. How do, people,
1: how do people not think this is the best thing ever? I'm so confused. If you have anything negative to say about Blind Manor, why don't you just keep it to your fucking self, right?
0: <laughs> We're going to get a lot of comments on this one, I'm sure. <laughs> I think it's pretty well received, Chris. I mean, like... I've,
1: okay, I guess I just have... Because I feel so strongly, I focus on maybe... Let's on see what it has negative.
0: on uh, Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. It has 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, I think that's what, like a B B+. That's pretty good.
1: Also, I had to look it up, I didn't know this, but the woman who plays Charlotte also played Wendy Torrance in Dr. Sleep, and we said what a good job she did.
0: You still also, and for you fans, uh, I do still recommend the director's <laughs> cut of Dr. Sleep. Okay. It's very, I mean, it's very bi-mannerish, like it kind of, you know, it's very novelistic and it's long as the movie is, this is longer, but it makes a certain amount of sense. There's book chapters and it's...
1: Okay. And of course, Henry Thomas was also Dr. Sleep played Jack Torrance. He was also in a movie called E.T. I don't know if anyone's seen it. You should go back and watch that. He,
0: he was in Gangs in New York with Leo. He was in <laughs> uh he's been on a lot of stuff.
1: I know. He's great.
0: Yeah. I'm always just happy to see kids of actors get work, but he's been doing fine for decades. So I don't know why I think I have to <laughs> root I know for I feel him. like
1: I need to take care of him. Yeah. Yeah. He's absolutely um, fine. Yeah. I liked his character, but I it was the least interesting to me. I didn't really care about his shit Grinning. I certainly
0: didn't mind it. I I I loved his his acting on the show it was definitely the most uh, there are a lot of choices made, let's put it that way. <laughs> With the accent, the laughter, the the grinning maniac. I just I just love him. He he kinda of went for broke. It's kinda of funny that you mentioned him, you know, he played Jack Torrance, spoiler alert, in Doctor Sleep. You know, I guess he's in Mike Flanagan's sort of what do you call it, coterie of actors that he uses over and over again, you know.
1: Is he in their gravity, just like oh. Viola pulling people in?
0: So when Mike Flan was casting Jack Torrance and Dr. Sleep, you know, obviously he wanted not to get Jack Nicholson. I think they actually offered him to Jack Nicholson, but they weren't really very serious, and Jack Nicholson's like, well, I'm retired, but, you know, do whatever you want to do. When Mike Flanagan asked Henry Thomas, will you play Jack Nicholson's character <laughs> in the sequel to The Shining? He was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm not going to do that. I mean, that's career suicide. And then he took a day, and to his credit, he's like, you know, Mike, you know, as I imagine he calls him, like, you know, and they're friends. He's like, if you're yeah. brave enough to do this, and I, you know, I'll go there with you. I'll, I'll help you out. This may not work, but you know, as as your friend, uh, I'll, you know, let's just do it. Which I thought was kind of nice. Like he he appreciated how, Gonzo that is, and and said, hey, I want to help you out, and like, let's let's just do it. Yeah. And he could have gotten a lot of flack for that, but I think, you know, it was a pretty understated cameo, really. Like not a lot of people probably even know about it. I just thought that was a nice Henry Thomas story.
1: Well, it's also nice that Mike Flanagan would like put his faith in you as Henry Thomas to be able to do that, you know? So that probably meant a lot to Henry Henry Thomas too. I mean, like, this director believes that I can be Jack Nicholson from The Shining. Well, maybe I can, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Well, Dr. Sleep is now on HBO, so if you haven't seen it, you can watch it on HBO and then listen to our podcast about it.
1: Yeah. Are there any other questions or anything that you could think of that uh, you want I mean, to talk I,
0: about? There's definitely a lot of things I was kind of had some lingering confusion on, like exactly how the mechanics of the dream hopping work, things like that. But but ultimately, uh, not really. I, I'm more curious about what some of the – you know, what is a show? kind of, I, I hate to do this, but, you know, what is the show about, Kristen? I mean, like <laughs> – it seems like there's a lot about, you know, people hanging on to each other maybe too long. And people, you know, this sort of idea of like uh, possessing other people, uh, the right, sort of good right. and bad of that. That seems to be definitely sort of one of the kind of lingering themes. I mean, I think what they should have to do is like, we've done Hill House, the sort of modern day version. Uh, imagine Mike Flanagan just wanted to do a true Gothic, Victorian, erotic horror masterpiece.
1: Yeah. What would you like to see him do next
0: I know I'm very excited I've, I've been googling furiously what season 3 may be and I, and I know because of COVID no one knows what anybody is doing with anything well,
1: and yeah and we also had to wait two years yeah, for but, this one so. uh, yeah you're
0: right you're right but I mean it seems like they haven't discounted the idea of a season 3 and, and I noticed this one's number one on Netflix so
1: I will have to say as much as I love Hill House I would prefer a season 3 of Mindhunter first I, I want both but it seems like there seems to be a hold on Mindhunter yeah, for some reason. I feel like
0: there's some maybe money issues there, and David Fincher has some other thing he's doing too. To, well, I, I guess I generally agree that would be marginally more excited for Mindhunter season three than Hill House season three, but not much. I mean, I'd be, I would take either of them. Uh, I'm more put it this way, more excited for Hill House season three now than it was for Hill House in season two after.
1: Okay, that's good. Well, I, I would love for them to move into like a Edgar Allan Poe, maybe taking a lot of those stories and putting them together. I don't know if that's too on the nose. Like it's just, you know, but yeah,
0: so who knows what I'll do. So he's done American with the house. He's done Britain with Blind Manor. Um, I guess he could go to continental Europe and do something. I don't know.
1: Or, I mean, who knows what if he decided to go somewhere completely different, go to the Caribbean and maybe, no, but I mean, like we talked about like the idea of like where voodoo came from and and the ghost of, of of different cultures you know
0: yeah well i mean i guess i like that they're taking their time they don't i mean i love american horror story when it was good but they've that's they've definitely maybe reached the end of their grasp i'm not sure what the phrase i'm looking for is
1: <laughs> I, I see ryan murphy is doing a jeffrey dahmer series soon
0: sure that'll be tasteful <laughs> i see what i did there
1: oh okay. i was i had really high hopes for that ratchet show you know it was based uh, on I nurse it, ratchet yeah. i haven't seen it either from one floor of the cuckoo's nest because that was a big classic movie in my house too you know we talked about how we watched night of the hunter and
0: your house is amazing
1: <laughs> but apparently it didn't get good reviews
0: yeah uh, yeah i can't um, saw that well but it seemed like it's pretty popular though i mean sarah paulson what are you gonna do it's probably it's probably amazing on some level
1: yeah well, goodness.
0: Yeah, that's no longer a mini episode, so I we apologize.
1: Well, it's not, the right word is not mini episode. Spice it's like episode? a not prepared episode. How about that? Or yeah. like, I, I guess it's kind of like our midsummer and Us episode. You know, it's like we just saw it. We haven't really had time to digest it exactly. Yeah. We're, we just want to talk about it. We loved it. Let's just, you know, put our thoughts out and then maybe we'll revisit it later. But There we go. <laughs> well, I'm excited for next week. We have a, a classic episode that I am so excited to talk about. I have.
0: Really? Okay. I, I
1: watched it twice. Did you really? Yes.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to watch it again, too.
1: All right. All right. Well, let us know if you have any other thoughts on Bly Manor or like any different ideas that you had or what is the, like Chris asked, what is the overarching uh, themes? What is it about, guys? What Come is it on. about? <laughs> Just let us know if you could. Just slide to our dms and make sure you follow us on all of our social media stuff right and have a happy halloween we'll be back before then but
0: we will yeah good up everyone have a good night bye Goodbye.